Welcome to the Life After Death Pod Class. I'm your host, Eric Hodgson. Getting the news that a loved one has died hits you in a way that is indescribable. But there are ways to navigate the news to not only help you, but also help someone who just lost a loved one. Hey everybody, this is Eric Hodgson, and welcome to another episode of the Life After Death podcast, the lessons to lead yourself and others after a loss. When I was 19, I was in year two of a two-year degree program at a small college in northern Maine. My buddy Scott, who I've known since the fourth grade, made the decision to come up to the same college. And we found an apartment on campus, we had a roommate who was a mutual friend, and we even had some of the same classes. The year was interesting, to say the least. This is the first time that we had ever uh, lived together. During the first week of May, towards the end of the school year, and about a week before classes end, the school holds a tech day. And this is a day for all of the students to cut loose and to celebrate the hard work that they've been doing all year long. Well, Scott and I had different plans for that day. Eventually, later on, we would be syncing up and partying. And so I took off with a group of friends in the morning and headed out to a remote lake. And driving on the roads, cut through potato fields and other farms, it's just beautiful country up there. And it had been a pretty tough winter already. Uh, Freezing cold, dry winds, a lot of snow, drifting, um, and... For a period of time, the temps had hung just under zero. And when we had a day when it was 45 degrees, like it was on this day, it felt like summer. And we couldn't wait to be outside. And the lake that we went to was incredibly beautiful, and it was just so quiet there. I drove back to campus to drop off the crew, and as I was pulling in, I saw Scott walking by himself. I slowed down, rolled my window down, and said, hey man, what's going on? Scott didn't look over, but simply said, I'll talk to you later. I go back to my apartment, and our roommate, Ben, was there and said, Hey, did you hear the news? Uh, What news? Scott's dad died. I started asking questions like, What do you mean he died? What? How? What happened? And my initial thought was that Ben may have gotten some wrong information or that it just wasn't true. I couldn't believe it, and all Ben could say is that there was something about a heart attack and a boat. I felt so helpless in that moment, and I know Scott's dad and their family so well. I mean, the guy's 47. He's not 87. How could this be true? I wasn't believing any of it, and I left to go find Scott immediately, and I had just seen him a few minutes ago in the parking lot, but when I went to go find him again, I couldn't. I went over to one of the dorms and I called home. My mom's first question was, am I okay? Basically confirming that what I hoped was not true was true. And it was just very surreal. My mom told me that Scott's family was looking for him. And I told my mom that when I found him, I would have him call his mom and sisters. At that point, I called the only place where I could think Scott would be. 
the pizza place that he worked at. And luckily, he was there. He got on the phone, and I said, Hey, man, I am so sorry that there was no response. I said, Your mom and your sisters are looking for you. And he said, I'll call them. And I know I cracked some benign joke like we would always do with each other, but he didn't laugh at all. He just hung up the phone. Later on, when Scott got back to the campus, our resident director, Tom, called us in to see how we were doing. I was upset. Scott was in shock. Scott's mom and sisters had already gotten on a plane to fly back up to Maine, and Scott wanted to leave right then and there to go home, but his mom and sisters didn't want him to be there alone. And so the next morning, first thing, Scott and I left to drive back to our hometown of Brunswick, Maine. It was a six-hour road trip, and we made that in about five and a half hours. And we pulled up to Scott's house. He got out of his car. His sister, Corey, was in the front yard, and she and him just embraced. And it felt very surreal and sad, and, and I'm sure it was even more difficult for his family than it was for me. And, but as you can tell, it's very difficult to process a loss in real time. When we get the news, it's as if time has stood still and you've just been punched in the gut and it hurts so much that it's something that we don't even want to believe is true. And yet it is. The news that a loved one uh, has died is going to hit us like a ton of bricks. It's going to bring us to our knees and it's going to make everything a blur for a while. And I call it a blur because it seems like our brain shuts down when we get news of a loss. I mean, you're trying to comprehend where you are, what's going on, and what to do next. And you can't think straight. I mean, it's just a big foggy mess. And I mean, not even an hour after losing Zoe, the hospital staff was already saying to me, I'm so sorry for your loss and it not making one bit of sense at the time. I mean, it took me a while before I could even think about calling anybody to let them know. And, and I'm sure what was coming out of my mouth probably didn't make much sense because I can't even remember what I said to them. About eight months after Zoe died, I received a phone call on a Saturday from a number that I didn't recognize. And on the other end was Deb. She's a good friend of Emma. Uh, Emma's daughter, Sarah, had shared some time in the hospital with Zoe, and so I knew of them, but Deb was calling to give me some difficult news. One of Emma's other daughters had taken her life earlier that day. Uh, some of those same sinking feelings I felt when I heard about Scott's dad and Zoe came rushing back in. Except this time, this wasn't my loss. I was on the receiving end of the news. And I was processing this a little differently. I didn't shut down. I actually went into a mode of how I could help. Deb relayed that Emma asked if I would be around Emma a lot during this because of how I dealt with losing Zoe only eight months prior and knowing what's going to happen. And despite the news, I did know what it was going to be like in that moment. One thing that struck me as super important was that Deb had taken over the very difficult task of calling friends and family for Emma. And 
I know it was very difficult for Deb to be making these calls because her dear friend had just lost her daughter. And she was doing whatever she could to help out. There are a couple of ways to manage receiving the news, whether it's for yourself or if you want to help someone else who lost a loved one. If you lose a loved one and you're not sure what to do in that moment, please know is that it's important to and it's okay to let others know what you need of them right then and there. It's not selfish. It's support. It's not about being guilty. It's about being guided. And most of all, it's not hurtful. It's helpful for you. If you want to help someone who has just lost a loved one, you can ask them the very important question of, what do you need from me right now? Just doing this in the very early days after a loss can be very crucial to that person getting through this very difficult time. But very important here, be intentional about asking questions of someone. Too many times people say, call me if you need anything or call me if you want to talk. No one is going to call you most likely especially if they're the ones that are going through the loss. And so it's an opportunity for you to lead here. Not to take over, but lead in a way that makes a deep impact early on in someone's grief journey. I know this isn't easy for you, and especially the person that lost a loved one. The news can be devastating, but we can also make a positive impact early on with those that we love and care about. Let's continue to walk together. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Life After Death Pod Class. I'm your host, Eric Hodgden, and I invite you to download the companion PDF, take notes, teach what you've learned, and share this podcast with others that you know.